Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Stressless Lifestyle Podcast. I am Nikki, and as you know, I'm a nutritionist and personal trainer, but you may not know that I'm also a level one certified sleep stress management and recovery practitioner, coach, whatever you want to call it, through Precision Nutrition. And it is something that is near and dear to my heart because the business name is Stressless Lifestyle, and that was named a long time before I was ever certified in stress management and sleep and recovery. But stress is something that is um, kind of a major vein through my life. I've been labeled a worry wart my whole life, and I stress about all kinds of things. I have generalized anxiety. I I have a lot of stress in my life that I create myself and then all the normal stresses that everyone else has. So I do know that it's important and it's always going to be there. And I, as the reason why I named Stress Less Lifestyle the way I did was because I wanted to be the person that took on the stress of clients who wanted to do better with their workouts and their nutrition, but they didn't really know what to do. It caused you stress to try and figure that all out. So I take on that stress and figure it out for you. I already have enough stress in my life. Why not add some more to it? That was always my theory. But I do manage that stress. I always have been practicing at it, whether it was things I learned growing up, you know, just take a moment, take a breath, things like that. Things I learned from working with a therapist on anxiety. And there are lots of different ways that you can manage your stress. And here are the five, I will tell you, the five that I use regularly to manage my stress. And now why do I say manage and not necessarily reduce or get rid of? Because we have to be realistic. You cannot live stress-free. At least you can't live stress-free and live within any sort of community or environment even. I mean, let's just say you live completely off the grid, all alone on your own plot of land. Well, if it doesn't rain for two years, you're going to have a little bit of stress because there won't be water. If you're off the grid, you're not going to the store. You won't have that water. If... The plants aren't growing. You're not going to be able to feed the animals you have. Like that's stress too. Not bad stress. Not going to give you heart attack stress. But there's always going to be some level of stress. If you live in the modern world, you're going to have a job. You're going to have a family. Maybe you're going to have friends around. There's always going to be, you're going to have traffic. Like there's always going to be some level of stress in your life. You cannot get rid of it. It's just there. Uh, I think people who don't experience stress or try and live their life without it are not giving themselves the ability to cope, right? You got to be able to cope with things. So I like stress less, stressing less and managing it. Um, Not giving yourself more stress than necessary, but learning how to deal with what you've got. So we're going to start with the what. What is stress? I think we know what that is. I think you're thinking, I already know what stress is. I've got plenty of it. But did you know that there is good stress and bad stress, right? We're going to start with the bad stress, and then we will talk about the good stress. All stresses on your body affect your body in a way. Whether it's good stress or bad stress, it is all going to be an effect on your body together, Your body does not have a situation where it's like your brain says, oh, this is good stress. I'm going to keep this here and feel good about it. And this is bad stress. And I'm going to keep this on this side of my brain. I'm going to feel really good about that. That's not how it works. Whether it's good stress or bad stress, you've got one stress bucket and it all goes there. 
And your body has to figure out what's going to do with it and how it's going to use that stress or get rid of that stress. So why, what, why do we have stress? What does stress do? Well, stress is something that is rocking the boat of your normal body. All right. It is something that is not your normal. It shouldn't always be your normal. And it's not necessarily your homeostasis. There is the bad stress. Let's talk about the bad stress and what it can do to your body. So bad stress essentially would be more long-term stress. We all have normal daily stress. If you want to talk about stress in terms of fluctuations of cortisol, a lot of people think of stress and they only think cortisol going up and down. Well, your cortisol goes up and down on a daily basis. If it didn't, you wouldn't be functioning properly. Cortisol increases in the morning, keeps you going, fires you up, ready for your day. It drops a little bit, goes up again in the afternoon, drops again, and then it kind of goes up and down and repeats. So that is that is a stress on your body too, um, but it's one that's an important part of life. But the bad type of stress is the one that's going to last a long time, a job situation, uh, and long time, and it could be different for everyone, but going to be long term, you know, few weeks, years, months on end. So job, having a job you dislike, having a job that is, that you love, but is very high, high octane type job, face to face job with lots of people, job that's very contentious with people, those types of things, whether you like that job or not, it's still going to be a stress on your body, a stress in your life, a commuting to and from work for 20 years that causes stress, financial situations, financial hardships, medical situations, um, long-term healthcare issues, all of these things that people deal with, that is stress. And that's there. And what can stress do to your body? Why do we, you always hear how stress is bad for the body, but why? What does it actually do to your body? And how does it affect you negatively, this long-term stress? All right. Long-term stress can suppress your immune system. It can decrease your sex drive. It can ruin your teeth. It can affect your mental stability by making you forget things. It makes you forgetful. It makes you emotional. Um, That fight or flight can be turned on. You could be in that up state, that up fight or flight state for a long time. If you have too much long-term stress, you're going to be in this up state and you're going to be very snappy and you're going to yell at people. You're going to be very short with people. And that's not positive. How does it affect your teeth? I mentioned teeth. You can grind your teeth. Does your jaw ever hurt? Do you ever notice you're clenching your teeth? That could be stress. So it can affect your teeth and it suppresses hormones and it increases other hormones. All of your hormones, they are signalers. They signal, they take a signal and take it to your brain or take a signal from your brain, take it to that part of your body. And uh, stress, which affects your cortisol, as we all know, cortisol affects so many other hormones as well. So when you hear long-term stress, you know, it can make you have high blood pressure and heart disease and increases your chance of obesity and diabetes. How on earth does stress do that? Well, It increases your cortisol, which then increases your appetite. Your appetite can be increased artificially. You're not necessarily needing those calories. You could be eating at your normal calorie limit. You're you're good. You're living a healthy life, and you're at the right amount of calories for your day. 
but then you increase your cortisol. You have a very high stressful situation and that puts your body into this fight or flight mode and your body's thinking, oh, I need calories. I'm about to run. Let's, you know, take it back to where our, our full on ancestors were. When you were scared and you were stressed, you were about to run from something. So your cortisol increases. It could also be that you were about to hibernate. It's, you know, maybe way back before we had air conditioners and heaters and all that stuff. The body was like, oh, it's really cold. It's winter. I live in Norway and I'm about to get really cold. So I'm going to increase my calorie intake. We're bears. <laughs> I'm going to increase my calorie intake because I'm stressed out in this and it's because of cold. So there's a lot of reasons why your, your cortisol, when it's increased, causes your body to increase the appetite. And in this day and age, that is an artificial increase in appetite. You don't, you're not about to go run from something or anything like that where you're going to need those extra calories. You have the calories you need, but your body is still feeling this extra stress. So cortisol though, and so you can, you know, obesity because you're going to be overeating essentially. But cortisol also affects your insulin. Insulin resistance can happen as a result of too high of cortisol long-term, not short-term, long-term increased cortisol, which can come from long-term stress, and that stress can be from anything, work, life, medical, anything, can actually act as an antagonist to insulin, and it inhibits the secretion of insulin, which inhibits your insulin signaling, which is exactly what insulin resistance is. You're resistant to the signals that insulin is trying to send to your body, telling you all different things. When cortisol is increased, it also starts producing more, it's kind of glucogenic. It increases glucagon. It actually increases the production of the glucose for your blood sugar that your, your blood sugar takes up. So that itself affects insulin. If your insulin is, you're insulin resistant, you're not feeling the right, your insulin's not doing what it's supposed to do, not sending the right signals, but now you also are producing more blood glucose, well, all of that's going to work together in a bad way and can create this situation that is pre-diabetes or any of the metabolic syndromes. Pre-diabetes, diabetes, you know, PCOS, all of those syndromes that you get, obesity, that does have a very large um, effect from stress. So it's very important for overall health. Like I said, your immune system gets suppressed. Your insulin resistance, which is suppression of your insulin. I also guess there's about five or six different ways that, ins- that cortisol and insulin interact with each other. We don't need to go into that, but they are interacting with each other and it's not positive. So it is very important to make sure that you decrease the long-term stress that you have. I'm not saying get rid of it, just decrease it every once in a while and then you can kind of manage how your body's reacting. All you need to do is lower that cortisol every once in a while so that your body can come out of that fight or flight. So how do you do that? Well, you can inflict some short-term stress on your body. <laughs> so that's only one way. But short-term stress is not necessarily as detrimental to your health as long-term stress. So one of the main things that we all hear about nowadays, or maybe you haven't, but short-term stress is something like a workout. So many of us use workouts as our stress reliever. But I want you to pay attention to the five things that I say for my stress stress management techniques when we get there. 
Short-term stress is something that's going to affect you in the immediate. So it's not going to be you know, over two or three weeks. It's not going to be long-term, over a year. And something that's very short. So for example, a short workout, a short but hard workout. A massage actually is a stress. A good deep tissue massage is stress on the body. A fat loss phase. Dieting is an internal stressor on the body. A high stress situation like a presentation you have to give and you hate being a speaker in front of people. That's a stressful situation, but it's not going to last forever. It's going to end. Um, A car accident. That is short-term acute stress. Something that's going to happen in a moment. You might be stressed for a couple days when your car has been hit and you're getting that all figured out, but it's all good. It disappears. Those are short-term stressors. And yes, they're going to increase your cortisol for a moment, but it's going to come back down. If you've ever done a stress-less lifestyle workout from one of our workouts in the vault, typically at the end we say, I want you to lay here for a few seconds. We're lowering that cortisol. You just did a crazy intense workout, and now you're going to lower that cortisol back down. How many of your trainers have told you go take a walk? If they haven't, they should. Or get a massage or do something relaxing after a HIIT workout. Because you are increasing that cortisol during the workout, which is so very important. It's good to do that because muscle cortisol is actually positive in your body as well. It's not just a negative hormone. It's very positive. It helps with muscle building. So you want to increase that cortisol and you want to do it real quick because it's a HIIT workout. It's a really hard, short, and intense workout. And then you want that cortisol to come back down so it doesn't stay up all of the time. And those types of stresses are very good. There's actually studies that prove that, yes, long-term stress increases your A1C. It affects your blood sugar. It's not good for you. But those short-term acute stresses do not actually affect your A1C. They don't affect your blood sugar. It's something that happens. You get in that fight or flight. It goes away, and you can move on with your life. So they're not bad for you. And like I mentioned earlier, you need to be able to have coping skills because if you're trying to live in a life that is stress-free, but then something out of your control happens, you won't know how to handle that. So stress is definitely an important part of your life. So how and why do we want to make sure that after the workouts, for example, if you do hit or hardcore workout, Why is it so very important for me, in my perspective, that you should drop that cortisol, that you should actively lay down, take a break, listen to some calming music, always play calming music at the end of a workout, even if I know everyone on that workout is going to run off and go coach a soccer game or do some crazy errands or go on a hike afterwards, I still want everyone to reduce that cortisol. Why? Because we live lives that already have a lot of stress. So you're going into the workout with high cortisol. We're raising it. And if we don't take the opportunity to lower that cortisol back down intentionally, you're going to leave that workout and go back into your high stress life, go back to work. A lot of people do work, you know, um, lunch break workouts. You're high stress at work. You get to take that stress leaving workout, which is great and you feel good in the moment. But if you're not lowering your cortisol, It's just going to stay up there and you're going to go right back to work, right back into that stressful situation. And if your cortisol is already up from that workout and then you have someone come in yelling at you at work, you're already up. You're going to snap. You're going to be moody. You're going to be forgetful. All those mental things I talked about earlier. You're going to be already in fight or flight. The purpose of the workout is not just in the moment. The moment of that workout is great. That does feel amazing. 
but you need to take care of yourself after that workout as well. Lower that cortisol so that you can go back to work, which is a stressful situation, and have those conversations with people not already being fired up, just being normal. It's about understanding how we live. It's about understanding that we do have stress in our life. We do have things that are going to make us snappy. And if we can be intentional about lowering that, we can enter the rest of our day starting out better, knowing we are going to be more stressed. Does that make sense? You want to make sure that you are not increasing your cortisol as we should, but then letting it stay up there for the next 24 hours. And sometimes sleep doesn't work. So yeah, you could say, well, I'll just rest when I sleep. But some sleep is not restful. That's a whole nother topic we'll get to. So you want to take that intentional time, leave yourself 30 seconds to five minutes to just reduce that stress post-workout before the rest of your life or post-conversation, post-conference call or presentation or conflict you had with a figure in your life. Anytime you have something that is that raises you up, take a little bit to bring that cortisol back down. Be intentional with it because you don't want that good, positive, short-term stress to turn into long-term stress. That is exactly why I have these, these techniques that I use to lower my stress. And I'll tell you when I do them. I already told you one right after a workout. After workout, literally 20, 30 seconds to five minutes, however much time I have, I take to specifically lower my cortisol. After working at the computer all day, I take time to specifically lower my cortisol. For me, that's because I work out before I pick up my kids. I have, I used to work, I used to work right to that minute and run off and race to go get them. I would show up and I'd be frazzled. I'd look like I just got, you know, run over by a car because I've been sitting behind my computer for hours. I was racing to get them for the car. Like it just, it was not a good look. And I was snappy and they'd come in the car and I was constantly snapping, especially if you got a kid that doesn't ever stop talking and you're like, shush, I would constantly find myself telling them, shush, I don't want to hear it. I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. Tell me in a minute. I was up. I was so up from my midday workout, from my work, from my phone calls, from my conference calls. I was always up and I love my work clearly, but I was still up because it's a normal daily stress. So what I started doing was making sure that 30 minutes before I had to leave or an hour, I would, that's when I would do my workout. And at the end of my workout, I would do my cortisol lowering activity, or I would simply stop working and do one of these techniques. And that's for me in my world, because I find I to be snappy and just obviously in fight or flight mode. And I was always wondering, why am I in fight or flight mode? And it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. And you might reflect on yourself right now and say, do I have that? Am I extra snappy? And are there, is there a way that I can not be that way? Can I be a little more intentional with managing my stress so that I am not more snappy or I'm not extra forgetful or I just am taking care of me now so that every day is better? Because if you, let's say you do hit three days a week and you don't bring that cortisol down, you can still be high on that cortisol for like two days. Everyone's different. So do what you can in the moment, not just for today's attitude, but for every day's attitude. What you do today, it can affect you tomorrow and the next day. 
if whatever you do today can lower that cortisol, you might have a better day. You won't increase that. You won't have extra stress that day. You just have normal stress that day instead of extra stress. Then you sleep better. That affects your day after that because you've slept well. And now that you've slept well, you have lower reaction to stress that whole next day. And then you, you know, it's an ongoing, ongoing cycle of positivity. So let me tell you my five ways that I use to manage, not reduce or get rid of my stress. The first one, stare out a window. I said this the other day. I was telling clients on the retreat. I was saying it in a video for members. Stare out the window for five minutes. Set a timer. During those five minutes, I do not answer text messages. I do not answer the phone. I don't answer nothing. Stare out the window. Stare at the sky. Look for shapes in the clouds. Look at this birds flying, critters on the ground. Whatever it is, look outside. Take it in. It's a form of putting yourself into your environment. Even if you're not going outside, just stare out the window. A window. Not while you're doing dishes. Not while you're driving. Not while you're doing anything else. And this is going to be hard for some of you. But you're going to just stare out the window. Take it in. Be aware of your surroundings. That alone, every day, once a day, you can start to see some major benefits in how you're responding to things. And slash, this is like 1.5 or 1A, is if you do have time, take a nap. Okay? Sleep is important. Number two, stretching and mobility. Not because you're tight, you probably are, but because it gets you in tune with your body. And again, spatial awareness. Your hands are busy. You're doing downward facing dog. You're doing pigeon pose, stretching your hips and your hamstrings. You're doing figure four stretch, stretching out your hip flexors and your glutes and your low back. And you're doing some yoga poses that you like. You're too busy to, to do anything. Five minutes. Moving, getting your body to move. Your mind and your body will be connected to what you're doing because you have to think about it. You're not going to be able to do anything else. And not only that, you're going to feel good when you're done with it. Number three, uh, read a book. If you are my husband, you will watch something. And no, it's not lazy to read or watch something on YouTube. He likes to watch engineering things on YouTube. I find that the most unrelaxing activity of life, but that is something that truly relaxes him. He's not a reader. Reading manuals and stuff, he can do that all day long. That's not relaxing. But for him, reading a U- watching a YouTube video on, I don't know what it is. It's always some metal work of some sort. That's relaxing. Perfect. I'll allow it. <laughs> but for me, reading a book... Just saying, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to get through one chapter, just a few pages, because you're taking your, your mind, again, taking your mind, your body, and your hands out of the activity that is causing stress or that you just finished doing that was causing stress, and you're taking your safe, you're removing yourself, doing something for you for a few minutes in a, in a way where your mind is on something else, it can't be on anything else, and you're relaxing that body. Number four blast music and sing. I will do it in the house, in the car, anywhere. Find something that fires up your soul and just blast it out. Vocalization is very good for stress less, stressing less, right? It really is. They, have you heard of laughter therapy? 
it's not just the laughing, laughing, it's the vocalizing, screaming. Ever scream into a pillow or been told it's okay, scream into a pillow. It reduces your stress. It will help you. Vocalizing is very important. And why not do it to something really cool? So these are my things, right? You could scream into a pillow or go to laugh therapy. I find that extremely awkward, so I wouldn't do it. But blasting my Metallica and just singing away, Puppet Master, all over it. You know, like for me, yes, that's it. So it gets me, again, mind on something else. I'm vocalizing. And you can't really think of anything else you're thinking about singing. And my fifth one is take a walk. That is something that I need to do more often right now. But I try and try and usually do all of the time around the block. I, if I'm so busy, I will say, you know, that was a really, that was a really tough call. One-on-one calls for me can be kind of tough because I am very empathetic. I soak it in. I'm like, ooh, that's a tough call. I will, I'm going to go walk to the third driveway down. I won't even make it a mile. Just walk three driveways and walk back. Or if I'm going to go pick up the kids, I usually try and take a walk beforehand so I can, again, decompress from being in work mode and like, you know, email talk mode and professional mode and go take a walk, relax. And then I'm a whole new person to go pick up the girls. I'm not in that fight or flight and on the defensive mode when I go pick up the girls. So those are my five things. Stare out the window. It's five minutes of everything. Stare out the window for five minutes. Stretch and mobility. Move that body for five minutes, but in a slow, steady stretching, something that's going to feel good. Read a book. Give yourself five minutes or a chapter or watch something if that is truly relaxing for you. Blast music and sing to it or sing poorly to it and walk. Those are the five things that I do to reduce the effects of stress on the body and to help me manage my stress. And like I said, it is not about getting rid of stress. It's about reducing the effects of the stress on your body and helping you manage the stress. It's not going to disappear. You have to be real. Because if you tell yourself you want to get rid of your stress or you're going to reduce your stress, you're just going to feel like a failure when it doesn't happen. And you're three years down the road and you're still stressed out about car payments or whatever it might be. That's not helpful. Be a realist. Be in the moment. Be in your own life. And realize what you can do to help you manage what's there. And then you can also take steps to change it if you're able. But there's so many levels of stress we just can't change. So you learn how to manage it and not reduce it necessarily. You lessen the effects of stress on your body. So you can avoid the things like the heart, you know, heart attacks and high cholesterol and, um, insulin resistance and all these metabolic functions that can can go wrong so the last thing I like to send you off with is something for you to think about will you this is what you're going to ask yourself will I give myself five minutes a day to manage my stress it's not am I going to do self-care am I going to paint my nails and I'm going to no am I going to take intentional time to manage my stress knowing that what I'm doing is for stress management Am I going to stare out the window for five minutes? I have had a client stare out the window for five minutes now for a few months. And I'm telling you about three weeks in, it was like, oh my gosh, I actually feel different. And that was the only thing she was doing for stress management at the time was staring out the window and saying no to some phone calls and texts during that time. It works. Find one of the five things. I'm not telling you to do all of these five things all the time. I might do just one of these five things. 
Find one and ask yourself, am I going to give myself this five minutes? Because if I don't, well, what's going to happen? I'm not setting myself up for success. So please take that time. Ask yourself if you're willing to give yourself that time and then make your decision. I hope you learned something. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Stress Less Lifestyle Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, if you've learned something, or if you know someone who might benefit from listening to some of this information, please share. Please download it. Take it on a walk with you. Share it from whatever platform you listen to. It's on all of the platforms. Like it. Whatever you can do to spread the word, it's very helpful for all podcasters. We love it when you share our information to your family and friends. It helps us. So thank you so much. Share away.